Good morning, good morning. How are you? Uh, I've heard that we've gotten a little bit of rain, so I'm sure there's a lot of happy people in here, um, but we're also going to get some sunshine today, so that means I get to be happy too. All right, so that's good. That's good. We can all be happy together. Glad you're here. Week two of this series, sermon series called Connect. Uh, I hope that uh, you'll find your way into kind of figuring out and connect the dots, even though you missed last week. Terrible dad joke. It's okay. Uh, and I hope that today is kind of a, a cool way that you can kind of see the broader picture of what we're trying to do in this three-week series, uh, this last week, today, and then the next week, which is really try to teach you just one little acronym, one little thought, one little purpose thing that we see full life is all about here. We say this is full life and this is where it's found. This is one of the ways that we say yes, this is key and that is life is better connected. Life is just better connected. Life is better connected. And so for you, wherever you find yourself, uh, whether it's uh, not on a faith journey at all, just curious, uh, whether you've been walking with Jesus for 60 years, uh, whether you find yourself as an extrovert or an introvert or you're at a new place or you've been here your whole life, we say that there's still a need for every single one of us to find a way to stay connected, because life is better connected. And so last week, I just threw out one idea, and I just want to clarify this idea and make sure that you heard me, because I unashamedly told you last week that we are starting Connect Groups, and so this is kind of an advertisement in some way for that. And so some of you were like, aha, I knew it at the end of last week's sermon, and you were like, I wouldn't have paid attention if you told me at the beginning, but now you did, and now I'm angry, because I paid attention the whole time, and you tricked me. But here's the thought, is values, values lead to the quality and direction of your life. Your values determine the quality and direction of your life. And so I encourage you to make connections with people that share values, not interests. Just connections that share values, not interests, because it leads to a higher quality and a better direction for your life. And so one of the things I said is a connect group is a way to find that. And I didn't, what I didn't want to do and what I make, want to make sure you realize is connect is not the only place that this is happening. Connect groups is not the only place. Now, some of you are like, I have to go to one of these groups. That's the only thing that's going to possibly happen. I know for some of you, look, this is something you value. You, you purposefully are choosing people in your life and you're stepping into them and you're, you're seeing the opportunities that are there and you're, you're making those connections and you're choosing those relationships intentionally and you're growing together. You're challenging one another. You're placing strength in someone else's battle by encouraging them. And I'm, I'm so happy to see that. But again, I want to just, just tell you, like, this does not happen on accident. So again, as we talk about even another aspect of this today, this concept of connecting, I want you to, to hear me when I say this does not happen on accident. This does not just, you don't just stumble into it. You have to show up. You have to be intentional. You have to make this something of a choice that you're choosing to include this concept, this value in your life, and you're doing things with it intentionally. Sound good? Cool. You didn't talk, so I'm going to assume you said yes. All right, so let's just say week two is going to be about deeper, all right? Deeper. Now, I have a whole Stephen Curtis Chapman song stuck in my head, and you've been in a church for a long time. Uh, anybody Stephen Curtis Chapman fan out there? You can admit it. It's just... Make me feel not alone. Thank you. Some, someone whooped. I'll just take that. Good. Uh, he has a song called I'm Going Deep. All right. I'm not going to sing it for you because I'll ruin it. But if you want to look it up later, the YouTubes that probably has it. All right. But the whole concept here is just the idea of going a little deeper. And so as you're thinking through the concept of life is better connected, I want you to be thinking about going deeper. And I want to start with Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 35, and kind of show you 
uh, what I'm talking about when it, when it comes to the concept of things being a little deeper connected, what it sometimes can look like. Now, if you have the physical handout today, you're not online, the physical handout has a typo. It says two. It should be four. It's chapter four. Okay, it's chapter four. If you're uh, online on kingswaymo.info, it is correct. All right, it's correct. So you got the updated version. That's the, that's the beauty of technology. See, caught it. You can update it. Couldn't go and write on every single one of yours four rather than two. I didn't have the time. All right, so here's the thing. Chapter 4, verses, uh, verses 32, we find that the church has just been birthed, all right? The gospel message has been given from P- by Peter at Pentecost. The city of Jerusalem has repented and turned. Their hearts have been cut to the core, is what it says in chapter 2. The Holy Spirit has rushed in like a wind and fire. The church is coming alive, and it's amazing. And it's not because of some special spell or some special thing. It's because of a living, active, alive God, Jesus has been raised from the grave. People have witnessed it. There is no snuffing this out. It's real, all right? So cool, right? That's a powerful thought. Now, here's the thing. In chapter 4, this church now has to figure out what to do. You ever been in one of those moments, right? Build up, giant thing happens, right? It's like the day after Christmas. You're like, now what? <laughs> been planning all these things, and now what do we do? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, all right, and it's true. It's like now, now we got to like live this. Like we got to figure out what to do now that this has happened and this great hope has come. What does it mean? And so in chapter 4, verse 32, we pick up, and there's this description that Luke gives us about the early church and what they're doing, and it's so powerful. All the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own. Whoa, all right? Whoa. But they shared everything they had. Man, if I just paused there and I said, do likewise, man, we all freak out, right? Woo! With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, all that they, uh, uh, in all of them, all there, there was no, oh my gosh, I got to start over. Pause. If you've all been with me long enough, you know reading is this is the, the hardest thing I do on the stage. Let's do this together. And God's grace was so powerful at work in them, all that there, there were no needy persons among them. What is that tongue twister? There were no needy persons among them. I know what it says. I just can't read it. Now, here's the cool thing about that. This community has this thing going through it, this, this just incredible thing. Did you catch it? It's this message of grace, this message of hope, this message of love that is cutting it so much so that it's changing the landscape of their culture and community. It's changing it. It's just wiping it out. And, and, and it's reorganizing, even down to the possessions of the people. I mean, it's just totally restructuring things. And we read that, and I'm not going to lie, that sounds pretty utopian, right? Like, we're pretty excited about that idea of, like, the paradise thought of what that could mean. Because I'm very aware that some of you in here, listen, you're not, you're not sure about this monk's bills. And you're not sure about how things are going to be made. And some of us in here, you're, you're, you're planning your next vacation because things are good. Right? And there could be a whole sermon about the idea of what happens when a community is that well connected. That needs start to be met, not out of guilt or shame, but out of relationship. Going deeper seems to be something that sometimes we like to pause at our comfort level, right? Pause at where it doesn't cost us anything. 
Pause at where it's not difficult or hard. Pause at the level of the relationship that fits my needs and fits what I'm good with and what I think I need. As we talk about going deeper, I just want to disarm you because I know for some of you, listen, you have, you have connections. You do. You have people that you're connected to. And I know for some of you in here, you, you don't have the connections. And you long for it. And loneliness is a part of your daily life. And you're just ready for someone to know your name, let alone know your face, and put them together. And I'm wondering... If we just put physical possessions on this too quickly to recognize that it starts somewhere far before that, with just connections in general, and being willing to just connect with one another, to know each other's stories, to be able to reach out and to know each other's backgrounds, current situations, struggles, joys, and celebrations, so much so that this doesn't become something so far-stretching and so beyond what we could imagine that maybe it becomes something more of a reality that you see in your life with the people you're closest to, that you're connected to. Could it be that going deeper is more important than just having friends? I think it might. So why don't we all do it then? I mean, let's just be truthful. <laughs> if I make that strong of a case and you're like, wow, we're going to lead to this incredible, wow, just, yeah, let's do it. Hi, friend. Hi, friend. Let's connect. Every extrovert in the room said, yeah, and every introvert's like, I need to find a safe place. <laughs> Where's the quiet room? <laughs> and it's the truth because this is more complicated, isn't it? It's way more complicated. There are so many barriers to this. I, I want to just talk to you about three that I, I picked up on, and these are just three that I chose. These are not even like, I think, just like, oh, these are the, I think these are just three that I find rise to the top in conversations with people that are trying to figure out how to find these deeper connections. Here's the first one. It's time, all right? This is, <laughs> do I even need to, like, go any further? Like, I, I feel like this is, like, the one that when I wrote it down, I was like, yeah, duh. Because... I don't meet anyone in my adult life that just goes, you know what I just have plenty of? All the time in the world. I just have all the time. In fact, I've had conversations with a few of you that are retired recently, and the funny thing is it, you're not not busy. <laughs> like, you think, you think when you get to the end, you're like, oh, no, I have all this time, and you find out, no, <laughs> no, there's still stuff to do. There's time. There's time, and then there's no time. I mean, think about your daily, weekly, monthly, yearly schedule. Just think about it for a little bit. Go there to that crazy, anxiety-filled place. Okay, let's go there together. Think about even your daily tasks for Monday. Oh, man. We're in the school routine again. Uh-huh. <laughs> Terrifying, right? I can barely get myself dressed in the morning. Now i got to dress a six-year-old. Half in the dark, half asleep. This is like a game show, all right? That's just the start. <laughs> For you, it could be a place of employment you hate. It could be a place of employment you love. It could be a school you hate. It could be a school you don't like. You could wake up alone or you could wake up with 14 people in your house. 
You could be going to a schedule where you're going to sit at a desk and just do nothing all day, and that's called a job. And you're going to be, you could be going to a job that you are doing so much all day that you feel like it will never be done. My whole point is this. There is not a person in this auditorium that does not have some sort of a plan for tomorrow. And yet, we're talking about something fitting into your life. Deeper connections take time. They take time. You can't just sit and talk about the weather for five minutes and make a deeper connection. You have to invest time in someone. Invest time in a relationship. And that, at the outset, can just be a barrier to say, I don't got it. I don't got the time. It's just not even there. When would I do it? And I'll just tell you right now, if it's not important enough, there won't be. It's a barrier because of time. It just won't be important enough. I tell my students all the time in high school, if I just told you this last week, didn't I, on Wednesday night, I said, when you say no to something, it's because you're saying yes to something else in your life every time. Just know that. When you say no to something, it's because you've already pre-decided that you're saying yes to something else. And when you're saying no as a barrier because of time, you're choosing something over the connection. You're choosing something over that valuable, deeper connection. You are. You're choosing something. I'm not going to tell you if it's right or wrong to do it. I know the circumstances can change. I'm just telling you as an adult, you need to know, I need to hear this. This was the number one barrier in my life. I'll just tell you flat out, this is it. This is the one that scares me the most is I'm just like, I get too flat, worn out, and tired, and I'm like, it's not worth it. And it's because of time. It's a barrier. Don't freak out too much. We're going to come back and talk about this in a second. Number two, past experiences. This is a barrier, isn't it? Who has been in the church for longer than 30 years? Been a part of a church. All right, 30. Y'all are scared to raise your hand. Oh, man. (laughs) I'm proud of it. Look, the longer you've been a part of the church, the more you realize it's broken people trying to do things in a broken way, pursuing a perfect God, right? And there are broken people all around you, and you have had moments of absolute awesome connection probably, but there's also been these roadblocks, these stumbles, these parts that you have come up against just places of hurt and pain. And it just, it did not go your way. And it came out just like an explosion of brokenness. And then I also know that there's a group of you in here, listen, You've tried to reach out before. You just tried to reach out. You tried to find that connection. And it just didn't work. It just didn't work. Like, you tried. You gave it everything you had. You, you showed up. You, you, made a, you made a plan. You counted the time. You counted the cost. And you showed up. And guess what? It went nowhere. And you went, yep. Never doing that again. Not worth it. And I know for a lot of us in here, this is where I find myself. I'm a pastor's kid, so I've just watched like small groups explode, personal relationships just, you know, and just all this stuff. And I just look down the barrel of like trying to make a decision, and all I got is these whispers in the back of my mind of all the things that could happen. And as Alyssa was talking about, a lot of times that's just a spirit of fear 
that just creeps into the back of our mind. But maybe it's not worth it. Maybe it's not worth trying again. Maybe it's not something I need. Maybe it's not something worth going for. And those past experiences keep you from future promises that God has for you. Future experiences, future things that God has got going on. Because his faithfulness is real. It's real. Third thing. Man, this is the big one. The unknown. For a lot of us in here, thinking about making a deeper connection is like trying to think about some imaginary awesome thing that you want but you can't really describe and then starting. Like, I mean, if I sat you down one-on-one and I said, would you like to have a friend that you could count on, someone that you really connected with, that knew you, that knew about you and loved you and cared about you and encouraged you and spoke, you'd be like, yes. And then I'd be like, all right, what's the first step look like? (laughs) You'd be like, I don't know, (laughs) right? And there's just this fear of not knowing which step to take or where to go or what to do or how to start or what it could look like. Or, and and w- will I like it? Will I be comfortable? Will it work out? Will they just be needy? Will they just call me all the time? I don't know if I want that. And, and there's just this constant barrage of what will happen. What if, what if, what if, what if in the unknown. And I, and I think for me, this is, this is part of like how I just kind of, if I can be honest, this list comes purely from my own anxieties. I am a recovering uh, kind of connection hater, if that makes sense. I know that sounds really mean. Like, how can you be a pastor and say that? But I'm truthful about this. Like, I just like my own comfort zone of my people. You know what I'm saying? And I like the people that don't challenge me. I like the people that think the way I think. I like the people that eat the food I eat. (laughs) All right? I like the people that like the things I like, and I like to stay there. And I remember one of the first things that happened when I came here, and Grant Agler was still the senior pastor, and uh, he invited us to their small group. And I remember going to Nicole and Brandon Ogden's house over here in Tracy Lane, right across from the high school. I remember walking in the front doors, and everybody was having a good time. And I remember I'm like the extroverted guy that's supposed to be just having fun in all social situations. I felt about this big, and I sat on the couch, and I think I said nothing. And you know why it was? It wasn't because, look, it wasn't because I didn't have the time. I didn't have any kids yet. I had some freedom, all right? Just by chance. Just moved to a new town, looking for connections, starving for connections. It wasn't because I had some horrible past experiences here at Kingsway. I had actually had good ones. I had great ones. It was because I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what these people were going to say. I didn't know if they were going to want too much from me, something I didn't have to offer, that they would expect from me. I didn't know if it was going to make sense at the end of the day that it was worth my time and worth my energy. I didn't know if I'd have a past experience I would regret by the end of it. (laughs) And if, listen to me, and if I'm a person that naturally just tends to like people and I'm struggling with the fear of the unknown, I know for some of you this is a barrier. This is a barrier for you just asking to someone to coffee. Just believing that there's, there's an opportunity just to sit down with someone across the way and just, 
just share a cup of coffee and just possibly make a connection. I know for some of you, this is a barrier, just talking to two of your, your, your friends and just asking about going deeper and just saying, man, we should just, we should like study something together. We should just sit down. You know what, we, sh- we should just, can we just pray together and then drink a cup of coffee? Can we just do that together? Can we just eat a meal once a week, once a month? Let's, let's just go a little, and there's just a fear of what could happen that slips in there. That's a barrier. It really is. I don't know where you identify in those three things. It, it probably is a mixture of all three. That's, that's kind of where mine is. But I know for me, the number one thing that will get you over the barrier of time is it's worth it. It's worth it. And the answer is yes, you're going to have to say no to something else to do it. You will. You'll have to say no to something else to do it. But it's worth it. The barrier that will get over your past experiences is remembering that God's not done yet. And if you want to stay where you're at, that's, that's fine, but growing people change. And God's got something waiting, and you can't control everything. You never will. But it's worth it. And the fear of the unknown is, is a paralyzing thing that tells you that there's nothing that you need to go for, strive for, purpose given, hope on the other side. That is something that is paralyzing. That is something that you can, you can sit and live in every area of your life, in that unknowns area if you want. But I promise you this is something that's worth it. Deep connections that lead to something greater than just interests, but maybe values, maybe legacy, maybe a lifetime of differences. So here's what I want you to do. It's a simple message. Go deeper, push through your barriers, find a connection, and go deeper. That's it. You ready? Find a connection. Go deeper. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. For some of you, you've lived in this town your whole life. And I'm not trying to speak that you don't have deep connections. I'm just telling you right now, if you're not taking steps to deepen a connection, it's sitting still. And that's the easiest target. And I'm telling you, if you want to grow in your life, you need to put yourself in a position where you're not 100% comfortable. But you just need to grow to put yourself in a position where you're not 100% comfortable. I want you to wheels to turn a little bit. I want you to be thinking, what does this look like? Now, I mentioned last week that Paul uh, talked a lot about encouragement in his letters because I talked about courage is strength found in the midst of the battle. That's what courage is. It's strength found after the battle starts. And it, encouragement is actually someone else placing strength in the midst of your battle. And Paul does this all over his letters. Each of his letters to Colossians, to the, to the church in Colossians, uh, Colossae, and then uh, Colossae, I can't even say that word right now, it's crazy. Uh, Ephesus and Philippi. Uh, he's got all these letters that he says in almost every single one of them. He's encouraging the church is one of the first things he does. But the very thing that he's doing in that same chapter one of Philippians, of Ephesians, of Colossians, and in Corinthians, is he's also doing this. He's pleading with them. He's pleading with them to keep their unity, to keep their connections strong. He's encouraging them to keep their connections strong. He recognizes that that is the very strength that the church is supposed to hold at the center of it, that we are connected to each other, 
that we're aware of what's going on in each other's lives, that we're pouring into each other, that we're helping and growing, correcting, calling each other on. And then in those same sections, he's also doing this amazing thing where he's begging, he's praying, he's pleading at times that God would allow him to go back and reconnect with these places. Because the connections while he was there was so strong, and they meant so much to him. That he wants to go back and be reconnected. That he wants to go back and he wants to spend time. And I think about that and I think about how at the end we all are disconnected from this place, aren't we? And isn't that the pain of death? And isn't it more painful the more connected you are? And isn't it more painful when you watch someone that has invested and given and so much be ripped from your presence? I wonder if it's more simple than we think. That heaven is merely a place of perfect connection. In a place that's utopian because of those connections. And because of the one that connects us all. That he would strive to know each one of our names that he would strive to pay for you and exactly what you did, not just some random thoughts, but actually exactly the thoughts that you had, exactly the sins that you've committed. He knew them. He knows your story. He knows your future, and he calls you by name. And that connection is the very heart of the gospel. And we are the bride of Christ, and we carry that same honor to live connected, because life is better connected. It truly is. We need to go deeper. Deepen those connections as a church. Unashamedly, I am plugging connect groups right here again. Unashamedly. It is not the only place that this happens. It is not the only place that this happens. But if you deny that this is an intentional opportunity for you to jump in, and to possibly take a chance to find and make deeper connections, you're missing out on what this could be. Kingswaymo.info. I'm challenging you in three ways. You ready? Recommit or commit. If you are a part of a group and you've stepped out of a group, jump back in. Try it again. Don't let past experiences taint your possible future things that God is calling you to. If you lived according to the sins you did yesterday, you would never walk in the freedom of Christ. Do not let your connections be defined the same way. Recommit or commit. Try it out if you've never tried it. Jump in. Some of you in here, listen. Step up. You've been in a group. You've been a part of a group. Step up and lead one. Offer a place for others to find connection. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have it all figured out. Just step up and say, I'm willing. Though it may be scary, just say, I'm willing to do this. Six weeks, I'm willing to lead a group to help others possibly find connection. And the last one is step out. Some of you, you just need to step out of the group you're in, and you just need to find someone that's new, find them someone that you're close to, find someone that you have a connection, and join a group with them. Step out to make room and step out to, to bring someone else in 
You don't have to even lead the group. Just step out and say, I want to invite someone else in. I want to invest, creating an opportunity for someone else to be connected. If we stay the way that we are, if we stay as connected as we are, that's fine. But we, sometimes we limit the other's opportunities to connect. Because we only have so much time. My challenge to you right now is just to say, hey, go deeper. And hopefully you will see the opportunity that connect groups are. To possibly be intentional to take advantage of that. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we, uh, we thank you for the opportunities that we have. Not just, Lord, and just programs like a, like a church, but also just things that, Lord, you are calling us to. Or things that you are saying, we, we need this in our life. Connections are important. You're calling us to be the church, to love on each other, to love and encourage one another. And we need to do that, not just from a distance, but, Lord, close walking with each other, knowing each other's battles, reaching out and loving in the best way possible. And that only happens when we're willing to listen, to sit with others, to know their story so that we can love them well. Push through the fear, push through our past experiences, reveal the places in our schedules that need to change, reveal the ways that this is totally worth it. This is a legacy-changing thing that we would reach out Step out. Recommit. Lord, we love you. It's your name that we pray. Amen.